0: You're listening to the Oz TV podcast only on the Oz Network. It is the Oz Network coming to you once again for a 24 recap. We are into episode three of season three, 3 p.m. to 4 p.m. Lots of threes in this one. Britney Spears would be proud. Um, this episode first aired on the 11th of November, 2003. It was written by Howard Gordon, it was directed by Ian Toynton. And this is going to be an interesting one to talk about. My name is Ben, and are you feeling okay? You're perspiring.
1: And my name is Colin, and you have reached the offices of CTU. For tech support, press 1. For chopper command, press 2. For meteorology, press (laughs) 3. And to set a
0: perimeter, press (laughs) 4. I swear it's all about perimeters and meteorology this week. Um, like... There's just something about this season which I don't know if it's like I come into this season knowing I like this season and I want to defend it that just I'm enjoying every second of this season (laughs) and this episode isn't the best episode but there's just something about this episode that I just thoroughly enjoy and again it's it goes by quickly. There's there's nothing, like, even the shitty Kyle stuff is just, like, so bad it's good. Um, and I now know your random character you like this week. Um, she's there. Um, <laughs> Jack's great. Um, there's hazmat suits. There's Palmer and people getting murdered in jail and like so much of this doesn't make any sense at all. But for some reason, I'm loving every single second of it, Colin. I don't know if this is just me. Please tell me you like this episode.
1: I wasn't as high on last week, but I knew that there was light at the end of the tunnel because this episode, which really has nothing going for it that last week didn't, somehow is better. And I don't know why. It is, I think, part of what you said, like there's so much absurdity it, there's things that don't make sense. It, it is very over the top, but it's kind of over the top that I enjoy. And that's, that's a tricky thing with 24 because so often we run into these episodes where, you know, we're like, Oh, this episode is garbage, but I love it. And then other times like this episode is garbage, but I hate it. And you can't explain why. Um, I think yeah. that the, the, the big reveal of, you know, the, the singer family and that the, the dramatic climax climax that they have there uh, <laughs> is definitely one of the strongest scenes of this season so far. Uh, But everybody's everybody's having fun this weekend. Chase is back on the case.
0: Chase is and he's in again. first I think, place.
1: I think the thing, again,
0: that sets this apart from last season is that, you know, yeah, there's some absurdity. Yeah, there's some things that feel, again, rushed on a level, but it also feels grounded. Like, And I think this just comes down to the fact that, again, you haven't gone full nuke. Um And I think that's just kind of – and there's mystery to it because it's kind of like, well – oh, my God, the the powder's out, the, the virus is out. But then it's like, well, no, this isn't the powder. Oh, my God, but Kyle, here's the, like, it's just, and the way it does things. And then you get random, it's like, okay, Tony got shot. All right? <laughs> like, what? <laughs> um, like, Tony shouldn't even be there. We'll get to that. Like, there's all these levels of things that just make no sense. But, like, it's done on a level where it's it's still, like, you're intrigued of what's happening. It's well acted. As you said, like, People are having fun, and I think that it's just it's done in a way. And, like, it's also not like last season where I think we complained a lot where there were so many things going on. There was lots of, like, Mm -hmm. you know, who's this, who's that, who's this, blah, blah, blah. blah. You don't have, like, you know, the three Stooges transporting a nuclear bomb across. You know, you don't have stupid Kim in a swimming body and all this sort of stuff. (laughs) Like, Kim's top, like, everything about it is tolerable. Even Chloe at this point hasn't gone full Chloe. There's no baby yet. So I just think there's just a level of intrigue which... You know, like it—it it, it is absurd some of the shit that happens in this episode. But it's just like, again, it's just ah, oh, twenty-four. Look at you going, like you're rubbing it on their head, going, "Oh, you twenty-four, you're back to how you used to <laughs> <Scallywing>. be." Scallywag, <laughs> scallywag. But again, like you said it, like it's just—it's this is what makes this show so great. Is that you know, in hindsight, we've discovered a lot through this rewatch that it maybe doesn't hold up fantastically well. But like it's. So goddamn entertaining and amazing that like, you just, you give it a pass. Like I'm sure I've never watched really alias, but I'm sure alias has a lot of that. A show that you love Mm. that probably has a lot of that stuff.
1: I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. I will not correct you. You are definitely right. Um, Like both of those shows again, out at the same time went very extreme as far as like the storytelling and plausibility, but you just buy it, you know, and you buy it because the show's presenting it not as in presenting. We're going to, create the most realistic show. They're like, we're going to create a show and we're just going to basically tell you this stuff goes on every day. It, it goes back to that line that we've heard many times throughout the course of three seasons. Like we get threats like this every day. As soon as you say that the audience willing to go along with you on whatever you've yeah. tried to feed them, you know? And I, I think the other big difference between this in this and season two is it's that extra one episode that makes a difference because season two, we're complaining that it was basically you have a, a new storyline, new plot twist, and then you resolve it within a week and maximum two weeks. Well, here we're kind of wrapping up a bunch of plots that they introduced in episode one at the end of episode three, and then they're throwing this twist in there. So the singer thing, you're like, I thought this was a stretch out further, but, oh, it's done now. No, wait a second. There's a new twist. Now it's this. Uh, You had the the playbook storyline for Palmer for a couple of weeks. And three weeks is a big difference from two weeks as far as like having patience to tell a story. And the transition from a playbook to Anne and her story, even though that's flawed as well, you know, it, it's a little bit more plausible than we're just going to throw random junk at you <laughs> and hope that uh, you're going to connect the dots and say that this all makes sense and fits together. And it's and it's a good thing
0: with the Palmer thing to point out, because it's like you can kind of relate it to season two where it's like, OK, your main A storyline is we've got a nuclear bomb on American soil. We have to stop it. And then at this point last season, it was, oh, you know, the NSA or whatever it was are evil. Let's, you know, like they're they're trying to work against you. And then, like, you, that got so kind of convoluted and, you know, then you had the – they bring in the freaking journalists and all this kind of stuff, whereas yeah. here you've just got Palmer, like, okay, there's a bit of a bio threat, but they've gone, okay, well, let's keep an eye on it and meanwhile let's prepare for the debate and this is some what we're going to do. So it's kind of – it It feels a little bit, you, you know, you're not going full all out straight away. And then even with the Salazar stuff, like, I mean, you just – you're kind of like, okay, well, what's going on here? It's almost a bit like – um, Kate and Marie and Bob and that a little bit last season um, with Razor and like, Razor? Razor. Razor. Shazam, <Reza. laughs> Um But it's just, it's, it's done in a way which it's like, I don't know, it's just, it's just done in a different way. And I feel, I just feel it's that grounded level. It's kind of like season one. Whereas like, you know, season two, you went full nuclear. Whereas season one, it was a simple case of let's stop a, a presidential assassination or a presidential candidate assassination. This is, okay, a bio weapon that could, you know, kill millions, but it's also still on the investigation level. It's kind of like, well, okay, mm. do we know this is real or not? So anyway, it's it's intriguing. It's, it's good. And I like it. And that's all that matters. It's the good end, and I like <laughs> it.
1: So that's this week's <laughs> episode of twenty-four the Oz Next week. <laughs>
0: um, so I feel we should get the Palmer drama out because Palmer, Palmer drama quick this week. Um, so basically, um, we've got this whole situation with the playbook. Of course, um, Wayne. I, I love um, David. Here is just like, I hope you can get your money back. This is crap. Again, uh, also a subtitle for the Oz Network. And <laughs> um, uh, we basically find out that the information that they've got on – Anne, which, like, you got to love how a TV show works. A week ago, this was like, plot twist, like, there's information on Anne. <gasps> what is it? Tune in next week to 24. And within two seconds, oh, so she perjured herself. Oh, is that it? Okay, cool. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, that's the plot twist. But basically, the information that Keela has is that Anne has allegedly perjured herself to do with a trial of her ex-husband who – funneled money or something. And then we're going to find out that basically he's changed his story. So David approaches Anne, Anne's all like lies and she's all like, oh, you know, he's just changing his story to blackmail you basically. And then Wayne, he's basically goes like, well, yeah, let's pay him. And David's like, no, because we can't. And then Wayne's like, well, this is how it works. This is business. This is politics. You're going to basically, you know, this is going to be swept under the rug. You'd rather deal with this now than everything else. Anne's going to be on the front page of every single paper. And we know Wendy Cruson's great and deserves to be on the front page of every single paper, but not for this. Um, and so David's like, do it. Um,
1: <laughs> yes, he actually says do it in this, this episode. <laughs> Do it. <laughs>
0: um, and that's basically the Palmer drama. Um, yeah. I like it's, it's basic. It's short. Um, kind of on team Wayne here a little bit. Like I'm not suggesting bribe people like bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, again, you're being reelected. The polls are showing this David. So sweep it under the rug. Um, and <laughs> again, shows that David, although he's Mr. Nice guy, he's Mr. Great president. He's not, um, you know, incapable of doing some shady things and, Wayne, you know, I guess we're trying to meant to believe he was, all oh, Wayne's a bit shady, but, like, is he again? Like, mm. I don't really think he is. And also, can we count how many times the word Sherry is mentioned? Like, Anne brings up <laughs> Sherry, Wayne brings like, Jesus, Sherry. I hope Penny Johnson-Gerald's getting some royalties from the time a name is mentioned in this episode. She's been mentioned a lot. It's great. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's standard. I like Wayne. I like David. I like Anne. <laughs> That's my <laughs> opinions on it.
1: Also on the DVD box, Ben Waterworth, the Oz Network. I like David. I like Wayne. I like Ann.
0: <laughs> yep. It's a review. We finally made it to the DVD cover.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, I agree with you. Uh, going back to what I said last week about Palmer's storyline that you would think, is this big enough, you know, just a re-election, a debate? And then you realize, like, a debate can kill your re-election. Uh, so the stakes for this are already big. And I'm going to be with you on Team Wayne here because – something like this coming out at the very least them not being able to address it not being equipped to address it if this came in on a debate and they said is it true that your girlfriend's ex-husband blah 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 blah, and perjury and palmer david had no idea about this and he's like what huh huh (laughs) (laughs) like he's done yeah (laughs) keeler is elected that second that is how basic american politics can be so The idea that they have to at least be aware of this, you know, you have to be on Team Wayne. And then what do you do to address this? I mean, it's not unrealistic to say that a president might say, let's pay this off because it's not worth our trouble because they already know that the guy's, you know, oh, clearly he's making it up, right? Like, it's got to be a lie. But you're going to address that. And even the most pure politicians in history are going to have to address that. So this is probably the most realistic stuff we're going to get in this absurd episode.
0: It's – and the, the thing, though, like, like, got to be asked, got to pick apart some potential things here, though. Like, I still can't imagine that even if this was just done with, here, have your money, bugger off, um, that – I mean, Keela's got this information now. So, like, why wouldn't Keela, like, still use this? Because then Keela could still just be like, oh, well, I've got this information. Oh, no, he's going quiet now. So, clearly, he's been paid off. Like, there's something shady going on here. Um, and then – Even then, the ex-husband, well, why doesn't he just go to the media anyway? Because, like, at the end of the day, he's getting some money from the president. Then he can go straight to the papers and go, well, hey, I've got this information. And, by the way, the president paid me off, so, like, he can make some more money. Like, I mean, it's just kind of, I think that as much as, yeah, I'm I'm bored with Wayne here and pay him off. And, like, in the grand scheme of things, oh, let's hope that evil people are just going to be paid off. Um, there's so many different players here. Like Keeler can still use this information. Ex-husband can still use this information. So yeah. in a weird way, bribing them isn't really going to help. But, um, you know, Palmer's rich, yeah. let's be honest.
1: Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, do we really believe that Keeler is going to back down from this just because, of, well, now he's not, you know, responding to our text messages. Now he's saying he may not go public with this. You could just simply say like, like you detailed there, hey, a couple hours ago, this guy was willing to tell some stories about what went on. And now all of a sudden he doesn't want to talk. I'm just saying that's a little bit suspicious. You plant that seed of doubt, American voters again. I don't know if I trust Palmer. Like this still works in Keeler's favor, one way or the other
0: also got to say, though, it does speak volumes for Wayne Palmer in the fact that his first instance is, hey, let's bribe this guy and pay him off, whereas, like, a season ago it was, let's detain him in a room and <laughs> yeah. not let him speak. So, I mean, well, if Wayne was around last season, we would have gone to the journalist guy and gone, have some money.
1: <laughs> and, and, again, then you have to ask the question, it's like, which is actually more evil, torturing a man or paying him off? Like, both technically maybe illegal or one technically legal but unethical, the other one? Maybe slightly unethical, but completely illegal. Uh, but when D.B.
0: Woodside does it, it's completely ethical. What a
1: man. He can bribe because, me any day. Because I like Wayne, I like David, yeah. and I like Anne. <laughs>
0: <laughs> You're a good woman. <laughs> a I'm good a good man.
1: man. <laughs> but, uh, but we didn't even really talk uh, the last two episodes. I don't think maybe we mentioned it. Uh, this david versus wayne thing where david's saying like you're not in the private sector anymore like that's one thing we have to understand about wayne they don't feel the need to be like you know i didn't uh uh, quit my job at whatever law firm or or quit my wall street job they just simply say you're not in the private sector but like wayne's character is he's a businessman he's thinking about this from a business point of view so him saying let's pay him off like it's a natural response
0: Yeah, exactly. And I think Wayne, like we've talked a bit about Wayne already and we'll talk a lot about Wayne in the coming seasons, of course, particularly season six. God help us. Um, (laughs) But it, like I feel Wayne's in the Tony category in the fact that they've got something interesting with this character and they do a decent job with them for the most part, but then they just clearly go a different direction which ruins their character. and. Look, I'm not opposed to Wayne being president, spoiler alert. Like, I think it's a nice idea. It's just the season that they do it with him, it just, it turns out. And, like, literally the way his character ends is just so open-ended, which you've got to read extra bits, and we'll talk about that later on when we get to it. Like just the fate of his character isn't known until you read a newspaper article in season seven. If you've got to freeze frame the fr- newspaper article to even read what's happened, like it's just kind of dumb, like stuff like that. So yeah, they're going to drop the ball with Wayne, but right now let's, let's relish Wayne. Cause Wayne's good this season.
1: I like Wayne. I like Wayne. I like, Wayne. I like, yeah. Wayne. I like David <laughs> and I like Anne.
0: <laughs> good, good, good woman. Good, good man. Um, I think we should probably like lump the Salazar stuff right now. Cause I mean, we've only really got one, um, I guess Hector's scene, don't we? Like with um, what what's the Claudia's name? So we've kind of got Claudia, seductive. <laughs> Claudia, what's Claudia? The Claudia's name, <laughs> Cla- Claudia with a chance of meatballs. <laughs> yeah. um, but we've got like her seductively putting on clothes, um, which you know works for me. Um, and then what is this conversation basically between her and um and Hector? It's just basically like do you think things are going to go back to normal when, you know, Ramon is released? And it's like, yes, they are. Like that's basically the conversation, right? There's nothing really more to it than that. Um, and then with um, Ramon in prison. So he's talking to this guard and, oh, look at this guard. He's looking, um, you know, a bit suspiciously at Ramon. And we haven't seen this guy before. Hmm, I wonder if he's going to play uh, into this at all. Um, so then he calls the DA guy and is basically all like, hey, Ramon um, wants to talk to you. So is it Luis is his name? Um, comes back in and is L- like, you dirty scum, I don't want to talk to you. <laughs> um, and Ramon's like, oh, yes, you do. I wanted to tell you this because it's the last thing you're going to hear. Jack Bauer's going to break me out of prison and he's going to find the bomb, um, <laughs> find the virus.
1: Find the bag. Basically- <laughs>
0: The guard kills Luis, he dies, sad, and we find out that um, Ramon has this guy's son held hostage and that later on he's going to confess to murder. (laughs) So, um, yeah, that's the Salazar's. Uh, Not a whole lot going on there. I mean, there's there's a conversation. Not a lot going on on there. (laughs) I think there's a conversation in there at one point between Hector and Gael um, because they're kind of, you know, we know he's evil, of course, a big cliffhanger from last week um but i mean it's set up again like we're going to get more of this next week like we're going to get some full on ramon next week so um you know ramon chilling in prison having people whacked um <laughs> you know standard stuff for the salazar's right
1: yeah uh, last week i was saying ramon salazar was like such a bond villain and this week he is such a godfather uh, mm-hmm. i love they're just cycling through one of the most evil type of fictional characters we could think about i mean Eventually he's going to start playing the witches from Macbeth or something like that. But, uh, (laughs) exactly fully naked Ramon, but uh, they've started with bond and now they've transitioned the Godfather. But this is maybe the most absurd thing that happens in the episode. Like the fact that he could pull this off behind bars, but it just makes me love Salazar more. You know, you, you have an evil villain and you've done the opposite of what you normally do in 24. This guy's in jail at the start. And you're proving that he's the most dangerous villain we've had in three seasons so far while he's behind bars. I mean, I know we had, um, uh, what was it uh, Victor Drazen who is behind bars, but I mean, we didn't see him until they were breaking him out. Yeah. This stuff with Salazar, I actually prefer Salazar in prison to what we're going to get later on when Salazar might be out of prison. I don't want to spoil too much, but, uh, but yeah, like th- this move about the guard and the fact that like, just the expression on this guard's face before and after this, let's give credit to a guy who I don't even think he has a line in this episode when, when they're showing him later on and he just looks defeated and you find out about, you know, Oh, they had his, his wife or his child or whatever. Like that, that's some, that's some quality acting right there. Like give this man an Emmy for non-speaking roles. If there is one. God,
0: I like him. He's a good man. (laughs) He's a good actor. Um, No, but I agree with you. I think he, he does. He's really, really good. And I think again, this just adds to why season three is so good because this Salazar storyline is, is intriguing. And like, you're right. Like there's so many different levels of type of villain they are, but you think about every season we've had so far, and like, again, it's the MacGuffin, it's like the three act part. Like this isn't the big bad of this season, but you know, the way they do this, you kind of want him to be. And he's just such a memorable first act villain, you know, no, no disrespect to Gaines and the gang, but like, you know, they weren't exactly, I mean, they're very memorable. We love Gaines, but like it's, he's no Salazar. And then last season, I mean, what, what's his face, Saeed Ali, and we barely saw him until like whatever point. And then he kind of, I mean, he wasn't a good guy. He was still a terrorist, but like he kind of, you felt sympathetic towards him. Whereas like the Salazar, like this storyline is just amazing. And then it kind of, it gets better. Uh, and then again, me being Mr. Defensive of this season, my favorite villain of all of 24 is nowhere near being shown yet. We're still like, what, 10, 12 episodes away, more than seeing him. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of, you know, intriguing to think that, you know, the main villain of this season to me is even better than what we're getting here. And this is great stuff. So, um, yeah, it's, and like, again, we've got what, like three scenes, four scenes in this episode with both Hector and Ramon, uh, combined. Um, so yeah, it's, I mean, more to come with these guys. And I, uh, yeah. And how lucky are we that we've had Joaquin Delmater on this show? So, um, oh, yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. The I ultimate, agree. the ultimate villain. And we got to interview him and the nicest exactly. guy, like, <coughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. So nice you
1: just choke yeah. and die. <laughs> so nice. <clears throat> oh, oh uh I caught the virus. Sorry. Um <laughs> but uh that's one of the fun things when you interview these villains or these people who are known. Like it was the same thing when we interviewed on Double Seven, um uh, Julian Glover, you know, Star Wars, Indiana Jones, uh Game of Thrones, obviously James Bond, known for playing villains, and he's like the most cheerful guy ever. And it was the same thing with Joaquin Del Almeida, like. I'm struggling to think about anybody from 24-We interviewed that just was, like, genuinely like, oh, I just want to, like, take them home and adopt them. Oh, poor Janet. Uh (laughs) Oh, well. (laughs) (laughs) Janet's in her own league, right?
0: (laughs) She's automatically adopted by this show, basically. (laughs) Um, So, I mean, kind of everything else is almost connected at this point, but I guess we can do Kyle. (laughs) Um, But, like... (sighs) Oh, God. I, I just love Kyle hanging about the house drinking milk because, you know, I <laughs> don't know what that said, says I love that him. We,
1: we started this season with him getting loaded poolside at 1 p.m. and then late yeah. afternoon he's like, oh, I need some of the good stuff. Give me some milk.
0: Yeah, <laughs> chocolate. Load, load <laughs> me up on the milk. Like, is he eating cereal as well? Like, I mean, isn't this like 3 o'clock in the afternoon? Like, Jesus, mate. Um and he's also he's reading the newspaper. Kyle's checking his stocks. He's educated. He's like, oh, so that the Nasdaq. Geez, down three points. Shit. Really have to transport more of these drugs, I think. Um, oh, there's
1: some but- bad stuff going on in Sengala. Ooh, this yeah. is gonna come back in a couple <laughs> years.
0: <laughs> What's going on here? Chopper command stocks down by five points. Uh socket command. Um we meet his dad, like. We talked about this last week, but, like, how are we meant to feel sympathy for this family? Like, this house looks kind of nice. Like, it's a Mm decent-looking place. Dad comes in in, like, a sort of decent-looking suit. And he's all like, oh, hey, Dad, how'd the interview go? Like, I mean, I want to see this family struggling more. Like, this guy looks Mm -hmm. like he could get a job. And, like, and what? Like, he's going off and getting, like, you know, going for his investment firm jobs or whatever. Like, if they are that desperate, go work at a Wendy's. Like, I mean, seriously. (laughs) Like, I mean, you're not, like... I want this like being a, a family where you can't even get a job at Wendy's. Not like, oh, I'm wearing my fricking nice shirt from Macy's or something like that. Like, I mean, no, like I don't feel any sympathy for this family. And then the way he's all like, comes in, he's like, I heard you paid the rent. It's like, yeah, dad, I did. Where'd you get that money? I went to the racetrack. You're a liar. I'm <laughs> the man. I provide for this family. You don't provide for this family. <laughs> it's like, okay, dad. And then <laughs> he just like goes and slams the door. And um, he's like, oh, I'm going to sulk in my room. Um, <laughs> and then sort of it's, I mean, it's all going to be tied in with the CTU stuff, obviously with like, you know, the dramatic, like, oh, this, he doesn't even know that it's um, a virus. It's, it's an innocent, you know, package that he thinks is just drugs. So he's going to put it in his bag. And I love how, like, basically, you know, his mum's in there and they're having this conversation and it's like, oh, he said he wanted it at the track. And he's like, he's lying. He's like, well, he could be telling the truth. It's a bad lie. Like, ooh, investigative dad, like smart dad. Um, and I love this confrontation out in the living room. Where are you going, son? I'm going out. What's in the bag? Nothing. Give me the bag. No. You either give me the bag or I'll open it. It's like, ooh, threatening dad. Um <laughs> I just love this little cat fight that happens. It's like, what is this? You're dealing drugs? It's like, no, I'm just transporting it. I'm not dealing them. Like, no, Kyle, no, not our beloved son. And then they get into a fight. And then I love how it's like the bag falls down next to a fan. Of course it does. Um, There's a hot day in LA. Um, so, I mean, what are the odds? I assume
1: most days are hot in LA, yeah.
0: And I and also just love the fact that you got, like, the chilling music where it's all, like, you know, violin, like, like, oh, no, the virus is out. Um, but, like, one of my favourite scenes in this episode, and I guess I'll probably, like, sort of jump to Kyle in the mall soon because I feel this stuff ties in with CTU and Jack. You know, I love them just having a casual chat, like, oh, what do we do? How did our son, how did our life become to this? How do I live? Um, and then... They see these shadowy figures, like, walking down, like, you know, the the plank near their the plank because they're on a pirate ship near their house. (laughs) And, like, I've seen enough cop shows to know that generally, like, it comes to a point where they sort of do a general knock on the door and then they've got, like, a battering (laughs) ram. Not this star. They've got a chainsaw. (laughs) Why do they have a chainsaw? This is like you know Texas chainsaw massacre. <laughs> so it's like chopping in the door, and then I fucking love the reaction of the mum. No, we're gonna flush it down the toilet. No, take us alive. <laughs> like, I have no sympathy for this family. You are stupid. Like you literally caught your son. And what's she saying to the husband? Like, well, if they don't know, honey, what are you saying? Well, this could just get swept under the rug. Ah, chainsaw, <laughs> flush it down the toilet. <laughs> I love Jack when he sees her like, no. <laughs> like, crash tackles this woman. <laughs> like, this is always as funny as Jack yelling at a chopper. He's like, crash tackling this woman. Going like, damn it, no.
1: I, he needs to be yelling at like the toilet bowl for the next hour. <laughs> for God's toilet. sake, you're not flush another toilet! <laughs>
0: Why must life be so difficult? No. <laughs> He's like he's sniffing it off the toilet bowl. At that right, Jack's like, <laughs> oh, no, it's a waste of perfectly good drugs. Come on, give me something in my arm. Ah. <laughs> um, but I'll, I'll maybe just skip to the the Kyle bit. So Kyle's escaped. He's gone to the mall. Um, he ringed up old skanking with skank face. Oh, help me! I need twenty thousand dollars. I don't have that kind of money. Please. Okay, I'll see you at the mall. Um, which apparently is a bit of a mistake there. Um. Because it was revealed that the uh, amount that they've got is not even worth $10,000. So I love here how Kyle all of a sudden is like, $20,000, that'll be enough, that's what it's worth. He uh, still wants his cuts. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, bloody greedy Kyle here. Um, so he's just hanging out at the mall, and um, we've got Gail calling up random henchman guy who's all like, quick CTU, we're onto him. And this henchman's guy's like, I'm going to catch him. And Kyle's like, no. And so. <laughs> Uh, maybe I'll, I'll cap it there with Kyle because we've got to like, leave the Tony getting shot bit yeah. <laughs> <laughs> with the CTU stuff. But, um, oh, God, this like this is so shit. But, like, again, it's it's like this isn't like Kim and Gary shit. This isn't Kim and Cougar shit. This is like I hate this storyline. I hate Kyle. He's maybe one of my least favourite characters in all of 24. But there's just something so, like, stupid about like, the mother getting crash tackled and a chainsaw goes, ah! <laughs> <laughs> like, it's just. It's like this isn't Megan hitting her head going, oh, my God. Like, this is like, oh, my God, this is so bad. It's hilarious.
1: Yeah, uh, I completely agree with you. I love the chainsaw. (laughs) I love it because it's so bad. (laughs) Because
0: you have the shadow.
1: Like, you've got a shadow of a guy out the window, which is what first tips them off, right? Uh, Then you have them at the door. Now I am pretty sure it took them 10 times longer to saw through that door (laughs) as it would have to take a battering ram or even just try to kick it. This is, like we said, it's a nice apartment. It's an okay apartment, but that doesn't look like a triple deadbolt door, okay? (laughs) One kick (laughs) and you're in there. Or... I don't know. A hammer to the window, and the guy who's shadows outside the window is in there a lot quicker than a chainsaw, which is the most logical thing to do. <laughs> um, and also, the mother, like, they didn't identify themselves. Like, CTU government agents yeah. open the door. For all she knows, these are the drug dealers, and you are yeah. now about to make the situation ten times worse with a
0: freaking chainsaw. Like, I mean, you're right. Like, no, I mean, like what government what's agency unlikely? announces
1: themselves by chopping down your door with a chainsaw? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, what's more likely from her perspective? I know that this is your know, Jack Bauer or whatever, but from her perspective, is a government agency more likely to chainsaw your door? Or is it going to be the angry drug lords? <laughs> to, to
0: me, the biggest plot hole about this whole thing, sorry to interrupt, is like there's a bit with CTU where they'll they're all like, oh, should we send LAPD over? And they're all like, No, they're not, they're not trained for a hot zone. I'm like, <laughs> Do you need, like, literally all you need to do is send a cop over and go, knock, 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 LAPD, we've got to talk to you for a moment. And like, yes, what's the problem? We believe your son is transporting a biological virus. Is that the bag? Yes, let's just back away and we're going to bring in a team right now. Like, I would be questioning it still, but at the same time, again, what's going to go down better for this a hot zone? people in uniform who are meant to serve and protect you saying like, take a step away from the bag or people in hazmat suits yeah. with a chainsaw coming at your door. Exactly. Like, I'm <laughs> going to panic at one of them more.
1: Uh, now the fact that they have the hazmat suits too, I mean, uh, are we assuming that they assume this is out already? Is this just a precaution? Cause this is valuable time that they can't afford. It's just like Jack sitting there we're, we'll get to it later on, but sitting there just getting ready to shoot up, you know, while he's <laughs> waiting for his new partner to come They're obviously not deeming this to be that urgent. So why are they going in there with the hazmat suits in the first place? They have no reason to believe that uh, everything is out in the open now. And that the virus is out. I mean, obviously it will be out, but partially because of how you reacted. If you just calmly knocked at the door said, hello, I'm special agent Jack Bauer. I I don't want you to panic, but you might have a virus on your premises. Like this situation is all caused by Jack and uh, by CTU in this situation. Uh, But, uh, I, I think I kind of mentioned it last week that I do like the dad, although I agree with you. It is a poorly written character because we are not told in any way why this guy is such a failure that he can't get a job at Wendy's, you know? Uh, now, if they had gone as far as to say, well, he he needs to hold out for something in his field. He doesn't want to get stuck with a Wendy's job and then miss out on a career opportunity. Maybe he's been working a successful job and laid off, but then would they have been a nicer? This is kind of goes back to what we were saying Uh, I think in the last episode or even in episode one that we're not showing Kyle as being this, this slum kid. We're seeing him with other friends who are rich, which would almost imply this family should have been rich once upon a time. Uh, And you should have gone one way or the other. If that is the story, tell us that's the story. You know, we have to know why this family's in this situation where they need the money urgently. Is it because of the mother's medical bills? Did they always live in this apartment? Did, Did the dad just work at, uh, I don't know, like staples before this. And that's why he dresses nice, even though he's being paid minimum wage. I don't know if people at Staples get paid minimum wage, but let's just assume for the sake of 24, they do. Uh, but yeah, we need more information. But yet I still like the dad because he is probably the closest thing to a sane character in this family. He's not as whiny and obnoxious and demanding as the mom. I know she's going through cancer, but uh, <laughs> but still like there, there are some things that have nothing to do with that that make her kind of whiny and demanding. The dad at least is like, you know, Kyle, I know you're lying. I mean, like, he, this is a dad here. This is, like, a stern dad. Uh, but, yes, we need a whole lot more backstory on this guy to understand the family situation.
0: Two quick things. Also, the one thing that I noted down, Kyle's meant to be 19. Fuck off. He is not 19. And secondly... I think she's on like dialysis, so I don't think it's cancer. But can we just put it that Jack Bauer tackles a woman battling cancer or like freaking kidney failure yeah. or liver failure or something like that? <laughs> this woman's just been like, oh, my, my, my liver, my kidney, I need my dialysis. Like- my kidneys. <laughs> but then, like, also, do we, do we not want Jack to like yell at the woman, like, shut up, stupid? <laughs> You that became so so much funnier the fact that jack's tackling this cripply ill woman (laughs) (laughs) fucking jack killing a guy and chopping his head off or shoving a a towel down somebody's throat in the back of a limo this is jack attacking sick women now all of a sudden like ah you stupid woman give me the drugs (laughs) and again jack not doing this to save america jack doing this to get a fix (laughs) <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's why he wants the chainsaw. I got to get in there quick. I need it now. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, <laughs> we're going to write, Jack, we're,
0: we're gonna knock on the door. No, damn it. Give me the chainsaw. <laughs> <laughs> and again, not actually acting. Kiefer Sutherland was high as a kite this season. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Kiefer, no. <laughs> Your dad, famous Canadian actor Donald <laughs> Sutherland, says don't do it. <laughs> Oh, there's no way
1: they're related, are they?
0: No, I don't think they're related. Uh, no, it's just a coincidence, you know. I thought, I
1: thought that James Cromwell was his dad in real life.
0: He is, yes, Farmer Hobbit. <laughs> that definitely... makes
1: sense. Now the casting yeah. makes
0: sense. Exactly, that's that's how it rolls. Can I just say that Jack Bauer's dad is played by the guy who played both George Bush Sr. and um, uh, Prince <laughs> Philip, so and Farmer Hobbit, so...
1: <laughs> and the, the, the man Bauer. who invented uh, a warp speed in Star Trek and hey. uh, the guy who spilled the beans on a meteor destroying the earth in deep impact.
0: Yep. Just, just the, the every man basically.
1: He, he's done more than Wendy Crewson. Well, almost. Well,
0: he I hasn't mean, done geez. Tim Allen
1: or that, that's, that's, that's <laughs> Arnie. That's a stretch.
0: Um, so I guess we should combine CTU with Jack because it kind of all comes together. Although, a couple of CTU things that I'll just talk about separately before I go go over the main stuff. Um, Kim and Chase having their little quarrel, but like it's, there's something about it again that I just like, I, I feel you might not like this. I don't know, but like Chase kind of getting a bit stroppy, like he's getting sidelined again and he's all like, what you, I don't know, Kim, why do you think I'm being sidelined? um and i just kind of like their little fight and the little moment there kim's like well we needed to tell them and like but i feel like they have both got good points here because kim's kind of just like well like when's he going to find out like he's going to have the same reaction in like a month or two months you know whether this is going to be the case but then like chase has kind of got a good point too where he's just kind of like well you know like maybe we don't need to see each other anymore it's like oh you know chase is doing his job but Again, like, I feel we didn't praise Alicia Cuthbert enough during all the shit that she got. I think she does this very well, and I think James – they've got good chemistry, Alicia Cuthbert and James Badgedale. I think they they work real. well. I mean, he's no f- famous ice hockey player, but, you know.
1: <laughs> yeah, they, they feel – I think the best way to explain it is that they feel natural. I don't yeah. necessarily know if, like, oh, every time they're on screen together, it's just, like, Michelle and Tony. Like, it's not that <laughs> type of chemistry. But you believe that this is a couple who's been yeah. together for three months and is arguing yeah. – i
0: agree like yes i agree this is a genuine like couple that fights basically um but yeah so i kind of like this thing. What, the other bits i think we get that are just side note chloe going off at gael is basically like gael you need to do this like no we're gonna go to a meeting it's like no we need this before the meeting it's like shut up chloe and what is it like chloe's just gonna like oh you don't have to stand me or something like that <laughs> like just chloe being chloe <laughs> and then i love chloe like talking to chase before like Chase is like, oh, what's going on? Oh, Tony's going in the field. What? I'm in the field. I don't know, Chase. (laughs) She's just such a Karen all of a sudden. Well, not all of a sudden. This is all we know of Chloe. But one of my favorite random bits is the very beginning of this episode with like, is it Adam or Kim who's basically like, oh, so I've been going over all the preliminary reports of how bad this virus is going to be. And Tony's like, no, nah, you don't need to know that. You don't need to know it kills people in 24 hours and we need to fire Carl Get to the meeting. Uh, so like, <laughs> plot's got a plot. Basically, Tony's just straight away reminding the audience. It's like, nah, who cares? Um, and then Adam later on goes to find the passenger list, I feel, basically, from that. But, um... <laughs> I love how they're all gung-ho about this meeting, CTU, board meeting, everyone, meeting time. Like, come on, everyone. Oh, the virus is going to kill people. Um, Like, have they not already been given, like, completely, like, was it carte blanche by the president that they can do whatever they want? So they need to have a meeting still? Like, I mean, fuck. they could, like, right now pick up a phone and go, everybody in Los Angeles, go home right now. We've got all the power in this entire city. Leave. Go home. And yet they're just going to have a meeting about this whole thing going on with Kyle. So, um, sure. Um, and then we're going to find out with CTU that um, – because Kyle has been tracked to a mall because I, I guess I didn't really mention that uh, they, they trace Kyle because they get his parents to call him and they've tracked the phone and Kim's tracking the phone and Jack. Like, it's a whole thing. that It's easy to find phones pretty quickly. So that's what CTU are going to CTU. But then I love, like, a massive plot hole in this episode is when they get there and they're like – Jack's like, oh, I'm 20 minutes away from the mall. And Tony's like, well, I can be there in 10. And, like, Jack's like, don't send Chase, only send yourself. And Tony's like, okay. And then Chase is all like, why am I being sidelined? Tony's not field ops. And then basically grabs Tony, like, ooh, Chase, like, damn it, Tony, you know why i have being sidelined. Jack's, you know, angry at me. And Tony's just like, take it up with Jack. And, yeah, go, Tony. Like, you're absolutely <laughs> right. But, like, the plot hole's here. Tony says I can be there in 10 minutes. He arrives the same time as Jack does. <laughs> like, he literally is in the mall. And Jack's like, I'm just pulling you to the parking lot now. Okay. I just wanted to see, like, he's
1: got a a drink in his hand. He's got Arby's in his other hand. (laughs) I I haven't had lunch yet, okay?
0: (laughs) But then it's like we had this problem in season one when Jack goes to save, like, um, Terry and Kim from the safe house. Like, Tony's not filled up. So why is, like, the director of CTU being, like, we talked about this last season about, like, oh, George is running away, so you're close, and that's how he's going to get exposed to the thing. But, like, he wasn't being filled up. He was being the director who was just nearby to investigate like, this is where you need to explain, like, Tony used to be field hops or have something where we know Tony used. Because, like, this makes no sense. Like, when – again, let's bring up 9 because it's going to come up again. When the planes flew into the buildings, they didn't send George Bush to Ground Zero to, like, <laughs> stop the planes. Like, I mean <laughs> – Tony is freaking the boss of CTU. You don't say the boss in Independence, say you do, but that's freaking Bill Pullman. Like, that man can do anything. Um, but, like, I mean, come on. No wonder he's going to get shot. Like, he deserves it. Like, putting, putting him into danger. I feel Michelle's got more field experience than Tony.
1: I, I just want us to go back to Casino Royale and at some point just have Judy Dench sit down at the table and say, Deal me in, boys. <laughs> Well,
0: that's exactly it. Like you may as well send Judy freaking dead. Like (laughs) it's, it's,
1: it makes no sense. But, but like we talked about this with the video game though, that like, why is Tony always going on the case? I almost feel like the video game was like, you know, that thing where it probably didn't make a lot of sense in season three. Let's just show that that's just Tony. So they made a video game to explain why Tony does this.
0: I just, I just kind of want to feel Carlos Bernard sitting around the, the reading table and you know, this is all chase and Carlos <laughs> was like but wait what if I did it so like, well, no, <laughs> Carlos told, no but wait I've got the flavor saver I'm in command I'm going out <laughs> um but I I will I'll save him getting shot to the end but um and, I mean just I'll get to, I'll tie this in with the Jack stuff cuz again it all gets connected but I mean anything to add on any of those little scenes
1: yeah Gael especially because uh I understand the reason why we have the opening scenes with Gael uh but is it not a little bit weird that this band's been missing for two hours inside CTU when he comes out of it? (laughs) Gael, I need you to do this. Gael, I need you to do this. Like, apparently this place can't function for two hours without (laughs) Gael because every department head in the building is (laughs) storming him within five seconds. Like, I, I understand why this guy's a traitor. Like he's like, this place doesn't, this place couldn't actually function without me and they're not paying me what I'm worth and nobody appreciates me. Nobody's offered to buy me a coffee in the last six months. I'm going to the Salazar. <laughs> it's like,
0: no one's taking me to Staples. I hear they, no they get paid well.
1: Where's my Arby's, Tony? <laughs> <laughs> Like, this is the glue of CTU, Gaël. <laughs> um, he's a yes, Neddry,
0: right? Not being paid enough, so no wonder he's giving yeah, exactly. the, uh, the vials.
1: We just needed a, a line from him about, uh, you know, do you find anybody else who could do the job for what I bid? Yeah, anybody uh, <laughs> want solder or something. <laughs> <laughs> yes, guys. Nice. Gotta go. <laughs>
0: Stick, stick, but, but, stupid, stick! Oh, no wonder you're extinct.
1: No, that's a jack line. Stick, stupid, stick.
0: <laughs> I wanted to wave that in front of the woman as she's on the toilet. Stick, stupid, stick! Oh, no wonder you're a bad mom.
1: But um, but yeah, like the the rest of the CTU stuff. I mean, yeah, Chloe is Chloe, uh, Adam is Adam. Uh the Kim and Chase stuff, um, I I think this bothered me. Their whole relationship bothered me, you know, when I originally watched this just because. Oh, of course they gotta have a love story in here but now on a rewatch i feel like it is it it's handled a lot less hollywood than you expect uh and one thing that i kind of debated about is like like you were saying this whole argument they have like well of course i have to tell my dad but then you knowing the audience from chase's perspective yeah but today was definitely not the day for this kim Kim doesn't know that. So I, I think, again, I'm seeing both sides of it a little bit more than I did when I watched this show in 2004 or 2003 or whatever. But uh, at the same time, I almost wonder like, is it still a little bit too soap? Is there a way to make this less soap opery? Could they have had it where, you know, they start this day and she had told Jack the day before I'm dating somebody at CTU, but she won't tell the name. Right. And then Jack is, that's one of the reasons why Jack's, you know, in a bad mood wanting to shoot up the entire day. And then (laughs) it sort of comes out because he sees Kim talking to Chase. Wait, that's the guy? Like, I'm I'm not saying that it's going to be infinitely better than this, but it takes away a little bit of the soap opera part of this, where it's like, oh, of course, this all has to come out on the day of Jack quitting heroin and the Salazar's killing people in prison and a virus getting out.
0: Yeah, I see what you're saying, but I I don't, necessarily have a huge problem i mean it is a bit so propery but like again you, you you're giving kim something to do that's different um his name is chase um but it's <laughs> it's i don't know like it's just kim's so tolerable and kim's fine like you know and you, yeah. you kind of like add like you know even when she's doing her work stuff like i don't know It just it kind of feels like it fits and I kind of like this whole, you know, Chase. Like, I love Chase's angry moment when he's like trying to ring Jack and Jack won't answer and he's like punching a couch or something. like um, <laughs> But but even like as it's, it's cheesy as it is, like Chase like yelling at Tony and grabbing Tony, like it's well acted, like it's dramatic. And it's kind of like you, you feel bad. Which like I think what he's really good about a lot of what Chase is in this first half of the season is like you genuinely feel sorry for him. Um, yeah. Because, you know, he obviously loves his job. He loves Kim. He loves Jack. Who doesn't? But like he's just, you know, <laughs> You kind of generally feel bad for the guy because, like, it, it's not really fair that he's being sidelined for this. Um, and so to, yeah,
1: to flip around, well, first of all, I mean, be honest, the real reason that you're on Team Kim is because of the bangs, right? It's got to be the bangs. Oh,
0: she's looking good this year, she <laughs> swims,
1: so she swims, yeah, uh, swims mm. with bangs and all that. But, uh, Damn. uh, but with the chase and Tony thing, I find it kind of be an interesting parallel to maybe the exact same episode it might have been season or episode three episode four in season two where you have this exact same scene being played out between tony and george but with a different context in that case you have tony who is questioning george but you know the audience knows george is in the right here you have chase questioning tony but in this case you know that chase is technically in the right Uh, So it's a little bit different context because, you know, obviously Tony's not dying or fleeing or a coward or anything like that, but I don't think I quite noticed before without having to watch the season back to back that it is the same scene and we're just seeing Chase now in the Tony role and Tony in the Mason role.
0: I thought you were implying that the same scene between Tony and uh, Mason was basically them trying to like go off about their relationship being revealed that day. It's like, we shouldn't have told well, Jack today about our relationship.
1: <laughs> I mean, that, that, that was in the sequel to uh 24, yeah. the video game. <laughs> <It back>. was. <laughs> very
0: well, very well done. Um, speaking of sequels of video games, not really as Jack, um, Jack's just sitting and waiting sweaty. for a, he's sweaty, very sweaty, deep, <laughs> arms and mum's spaghetti. Um, but he, he's just waiting for this meeting, and he's all like, "Ah, fuck it, i have got to shoot up." Like, I mean, <laughs> what what is the end game here, Jack? Like, I mean, you nearly get caught, but like, what happens if you know you got a needle in the arm? And all of a sudden, like, "Hi, I'm Nicole. Sorry to hear about Terry. What's that in your arm? A needle? Oh, well." <laughs> and but even then, like, if if she shows up a couple days later, what are you gonna be like, ah? <laughs> hey, you, hey, Nicole, look at you. Oh, thanks for the message with Terry. She died. <laughs> like, I mean, what's your end game here, Jack, with your high? Like, you know, I kind of like you better when you're itching for a fix because you're angrier and, you you know, you're yeah. ah, killing women with diseases on the toilet. Um, <laughs> but, like... He's about to shoot up, and then you know, in pops uh, the esteemed Nicole Duncan. Now, I, w- I want to get your love for this woman. Like, is this just a character? Do you know? Because this? this actress looks familiar, but she's pretty awesome.
1: Yeah, I didn't. I didn't look up to see if she was in anything else. But uh, I mean, I forgot this character existed, or I kind of merged this character with the the doctor, uh, Funny. yeah, with, with Doctor Maggie Q, <laughs> right, <laughs> uh, for the first couple episodes. But uh, but like, it's it's one of these examples of you drop somebody into a show just with no context, just out of nowhere. And they just feel like they belong. And there's nothing like particularly, you know, huge about her involvement in the show, but she just has like a natural charisma where she plays off of Jack and you don't feel like she's being uh, upstaged by Jack anyway, which is pretty hard to do. You got keep her settling there. She holds her own. And I just love the dynamic they have. Like I almost more so than him and chase, I kind of want the buddy team, of N- dr nicole here and jack for the rest of the season like I, she's not going to be with the season that long but she just feels like she naturally belongs and maybe that's just me i don't know
0: who, like who is she why isn't sunny doing this Why all of a sudden is like this woman like what's the difference between that her and sunny
1: yeah, that is a good question. Like, why did they feel the need to introduce a separate character for this?
0: Racist. They're just like, we haven't got a blonde woman from Pasadena in this season. So, like, yeah, uh, you know, here she is. They're like, <laughs> oh,
1: we got an Asian doctor, but we didn't <laughs> get Maggie Hughes. So, we don't know if she can move <laughs> or do action or stand around a chainsaw.
0: Yeah, no, 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 no. But, like, I love to gets in the car and it's like, how are you doing, Jack? Like, yeah, all right, thanks, how are you? Yeah, you're not bad. Yeah, sorry, your wife died, like, three and a half years ago. Oh, that's all right. I did try to call you. You know, I appreciate the messages. Like, again, let's remember, this has been, like, four and a half years since Terry has died. Um, So, like, I mean, he might have moved on. He's been banging Kate <laughs> Warner. So, like, I just want to be like, damn it, don't bring that up. Like, you know, it's, yeah, poor old Jack. He's moved on from that now, but you've just got to bring up the past. Um, But then I was like, are you okay? You're perspiring, like. Why, like, what does Jack say? Like, it's been nonstop since midday. Why doesn't Jack just literally be like, we're in LA, it's hot. Like, I mean, I've been to LA plenty of times. It's hot. Like, why is this a thing? Like, you're perspiring. Like, have this in, like, New York when it's snowing. And then all of a sudden, be like, that's unusual. You're perspiring. But this is fucking LA. Like, you're from Winnipeg. It's hot there in the summer. So, like, I mean, is, is that a
1: questionable thing? Like, oh, my God, Colin, you're perspiring. Like, are you on drugs? Everybody are you taking perspiring. heroin? Yeah. And this is, we already know that this is like early afternoon, which is when the sun is at its peak. So this should be the hot. I'm just shocked. Nobody else is sweating. Why is Jack the only one here that sweats?
0: Well, well, You know why it's because Jack Bauer never sweats. So when he does, (laughs) you notice it. (laughs) Um, But I also love this whole, like, you know, she sees a little drug vial on the ground. So like we're going to play this thing later on, which is all like, I work in rehab. I know somebody when they're fixing. And I I found this (laughs) it's empty Jack. Like, I mean, that could be like wait, some wait. incense or something he could be rubbing it on his like navel like trying to you know like i've seen the girls and when they wear the carry those little like incensey things that rub stuff on them like i just want jack to pick that up and go i'm smelling nice it's called odor <laughs> <to> heroin
1: <laughs> but but also let's 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 bring a little bit more into this jack how long have been you been using how did you know it's like well i can spot the signs the sweats the jitters Plus, I found that needle in your eye. <laughs> yeah, that is the last thing she says in this scene as to what tipped her off. Like, I, I know I'm
0: jumping ahead because, like, obviously we're missing a scene with Jack. Uh, in a moment with sort of the shower scene, but like, it's just, I mean, Jack's the last episode was like to like to chase like, oh, this can't go on record. Nobody must know. Like, if he's bumped into random woman who just happens to have worked in hazmat uh, rehab and knows Jack, like, I'm sorry, like, I mean, other people like. Lord help him if he's got to go and see Palmer today and meet Anne and they're just having lunch, catch up. Like Doctor Anne is going to find that out. Like I mean, you know, like it's just Jack. You're not hiding this very well. <laughs> if all of a sudden, random blonde woman from Pasadena who's not Maggie Q can catch on to this pretty quickly. So anyway, um, they they t- the whole tackle cancer ridden woman scene, and then um, so Jack's told on the phone by t- I love Tony like t- Jack got some bad news. The, the DA guy's dead. And it's like, I know you worked with him pretty closely in the last few years. Like all we've seen of Jack and that guy's like yelling at each other. I feel they don't like each other. So then Jack's all like, ugh, ugh. I'm just like, I'm going to call you back. I'm going to call you back. Like runs out. I love Jack having a shower scene, but in his clothes takes off his uh, suit and then basically dry reaches everywhere. Um, this is where we're going to find out that the, the powder is not the weapon. This is not, uh, you know, the, all the tests are finding out that it's not the virus. So we've got old um, non Maggie Q coming in here, taking off her hazmat suit, and Jack's like, "Damn it, woman, what are you doing? You're not being contained." And he's like, "No, um, it's not. It's not contagious. Don't worry." To which smart Jack, mathematical Jack, is like, "Wait a minute. They said that this will be going in 13 hours, and Kyle was there nine hours ago. The math wakes up. He's a human. He's a human target. Remember that show, Human Target? That was a good show. Yeah. Um, and what was the actor in that, Human Target? It's
1: the guy he who was like in everything. T- yeah I, um hold on i'm looking it up
0: right now uh because it's a remake they did like it wasn't like a 70s show and then they remade it, it only lasted like a season um, i thought it was a, based on like a cool. comic
1: book or something um yeah i know the guy you're talking about because i always confuse him with um thomas jane you know thomas jane he played the punisher yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. yeah. mark
1: valley yeah he was mark on valley. uh Bo- boston legal too Right. Great okay. actor.
0: And that was around about the time they did, Um, that was like Terminator time. And then they did Bionic Woman remake because I remember yeah. watching that because Molly Price from Third Watch was one of the main people. And it's the only reason why I watched it. But, um, oh, the- Bring back human 2000 target. And 2009, 2010 period when you had random shows that only lasted a season or two, which actually were quite like good. Kevin Bacon's show, right? Yeah, the following great show. Um, also around then, like life. Um, Damien Lewis's show before he made it in Homeland. I love that show. Um, Chicago Code. That was a good show. Um, the, the, the random Tim, shows.
1: Tim, Tim Roth one was it Lie to Me or something? I think that. But yeah. lasted like three seasons.
0: Yeah. Um, Charlie's Angels. No, no one talks about that. Um, <laughs> Viva Lachlan, that Hugh Jackman show that lasted, like, two episodes. <laughs> that they lasted as many sh-
1: episodes as Human Target got seasons.
0: I think they cancelled that after one episode, but for some reason Australia got the second episode, so go us. Um, yeah. Um, but, yeah, anyway, so, yeah, Kyle is the Human Target. Um, we've got the, the scene in the car with Jack and, like, you've been using, like, damn it, I have, but I need you. Um, I we need get you to now. Take me. <laughs> We get to the mall. Can I just say there's a scene when like Tony arrives in the helicopter and you see those guards like running. I swear they're running on the spot for about five minutes but then they finally like... <laughs> like seriously, watch the scene. Like that is a very small plank and the way they're running, it's like are they running on the spot to save time? Because then all of a sudden they're right at Tony. Um, so Jack arrives it's in like the, the parking road runner,
1: like the roadrunner, like the, the legs just spinning before they take yep. off.
0: Yep. I swear they're told to run on the spot to like make it like stretch out longer. Um, so basically Jack arrives in the parking lot at the same time as Tony. Cause you know, yep. That makes sense. And <laughs> then, <laughs> I just love this whole situation where it's kind of like, Tony's like, it's okay. I'm going to approach him. Don't worry. We won't, 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 make a scene. And then you've also got random guard guy, uh, henchman guy. I just love Tony's approach to Kyle. Like Kyle singer. It's like, yes, who are you? My name's Tony Almeida. I'm a federal agent. I need you to come <laughs> with me. Like again, back to the chainsaw thing. Show a badge, like, like, (laughs) hi, like, like literally I'm going to try this later on today. I'm going to go to a mall somewhere in New York and I'm just going to go up to a random kid. I'm just going to go. This is how I get my victims. Clearly. I'm just going to be like, hi, (laughs) Jimmy. I'm Ben Waterworth. I'm an FBI agent. Would you like to come with me? Okay. Like simple. Like it works. Like, I'm sorry. Stranger danger. Like Kyle's going to write here to question this. Like present yourself with a badge. Like, I don't know, something a bit more formal. And then...
1: <laughs> Jack's on to something with the chainsaw. You'll at least get yeah. people to stop in their tracks.
0: <laughs> <Don't you laughs> the than-
1: yeah, mall? Than- yeah, I just want Tony to be like, excuse me, I am agent Tony Almeida from CTU. And all of a sudden, Jack in the back with the chainsaw. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what is um the Simpsons episode when... Is it when Bart's, like, being chased by Sideshow Bob and, like, um, Homer runs into the bedroom in the middle of the night and he's like, Bart, I just really wanted you to check out yeah, my new chainsaw. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then he comes back, like, like, oh, sorry, Bart." hockey would... mask. <laughs> yeah, I didn't realise that would scare you. Like, <laughs> ah. <laughs> <laughs> I just want that to happen. But, like, I actually remember watching this episode because, like, it is, like in all seriousness, when you're watching this, you don't expect what happens happens. Like, it is quite shocking. Like, mm-hmm. I love the fact that, like, Tony's like, come with me, come with, come with me if you want to live. <laughs> and then, basically, you see Kyle look behind his shoulder. Tony literally turns around and said, bang, Tony gets shot <laughs> in the head. <laughs> like, again, watching this, you're like, holy fuck. Like, I, I, have you watched this week's episode of Better Call Saul? Are you caught up? I am, three yeah. episodes. Okay, spoiler alert, I mean, this is like a month after the episode's aired, but basically, like, the Nacho death, like, you're kind of like, fuck, like, you weren't expecting him to kill himself. So, spoiler mm-hmm. alert, if you haven't seen Better Call Saul. So, like, that was, like, shocking, shocking, positively shocking. <laughs> this is kind of like that because you're just like, fuck, like, what the hell? Also, actually, just on a side note, were you impressed in Better Call Saul that there was a Manitoba reference? Uh, was there a Manitoba reference? The fake licences that um, Nacho and his dad oh, had I were didn't Manitoba licences. Yeah. Oh, That's I gotta go back and rewatch it now. You should because like I straight away I'm like Manitoba licenses. So it's it's it, it is a kind of like shocking moment. Shocking again. It, it was- and but it's just like I just love the fact that it's like bang, Tony gets shot, everyone's like <laughs> ah! And then all of a sudden, like, Jack runs up, no one has come to Tony's aid. It has been, like, 30 seconds to a minute. I get it. It's a shocking situation. But surely there's, like, one person who's going to go past. You can see God guard, like, running up, like, 10 minutes later. So Jack's the first one to the scene. So like, ah, oh, Tony's been shot in the neck. He's holding his ear. That makes sense. That <laughs> um, like, was really loud gunshot. I mean, I don't know if this is a problem with the episode or it's brilliant because it's, like, What is the point of Tony getting shot? Like, like I don't remember where this goes. It doesn't lead to anything. It's more like, oh, is he incapable? Like, it lasts like an episode or two. It's not like last season where it's like, what's the point of Tony limping around? Well, that was because Carlos Bernard like broke his leg. Like, I mean, you just answered the
1: question. Tony really got shot. Exactly, Carlos Bernard got shot in the face the night before. Like, how do we work this into the show? Let's have him shot in the face.
0: It's it's like it's it's shocking a shocking. Positive, stop saying it, man. <laughs> but like it's just it's just it's random, and it's one of the most random cliffhangers I think we ever get in twenty four because this doesn't really lead to anything. Like spoiler mm. alert, it's not like Tony's got like a you know, one ear for the rest of it is like, oh, what for the rest of the season? Like, it's like, <laughs> I mean, all we get from this is kind of Michelle's worried about Tony and then that kind of reverses itself later in the season. So it's kind of got like you got the first half. It's like, oh, my God, Michelle. Oh, I'm so worried about Tony. And then later on, it's gonna, like, oh, Tony, I'm so worried about Michelle. So it's it's random. But this would be something to talk to the creators about. Like, why did you randomly decide to get Tony <laughs> shot for an episode that didn't really go anywhere? Like, it's like, okay. Uh, but, like, but, I mean, Matt, here's, a, here's an idea for you. Imagine if this is where Tony
1: died. Like, just, just <laughs> kill him off. Bang, yep, Tony dead. Episode three. <laughs> episode three, season three. That's, that's a Hall of Fame moment if you do that. Yeah.
0: Like, because you, like, again, it's it's not like it's one of these ones where you kind of, you know, like, leading in. Like, uh, Mason's death's shocking, but, like, again, you kind of have that lead into it. You know he's going to die, and, like, Yeah, even like Terry's death, very shocking. You're not expecting it. But like, I mean, you kind of had moments in that season where you kind of almost came to terms with she might die. But like, I don't know. This would just be out of the blue, completely random, kind of like the House of Cards death that I always Mm -hmm. reference. Like, I don't know. It would just be so random. But this is such a random cliffhanger, which I laugh at Tony (laughs) getting shot, which I shouldn't (laughs) because poor Tony's ear. But anyway, I don't know what you think of it.
1: The only purpose it serves is that they want to tease the audience. Hey, this is where we're going. Oh no, it's going to go in a completely different direction. That's the whole purpose of a cliffhanger. But at the same time, when you're critiquing a show, a cliffhanger has to make sense. When you look at the rest of the season, uh, the one defense I will give it is that we both remember this. Like when you look back on season three of 24, if you think about this first string of episodes, you're like, all right, Jack tries to shoot up heroin. Uh, the, the, the virus gets loose. Kyle's on the loose chase is not on the case and tony gets shot in the face like (laughs) shut up stupid yeah all those famous moments but it is something that you remember for better or worse but the only purpose it does serve is that you you want the audience to feel like we're this close to solving it no 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 no. something went wrong here there were probably better ways to do this why not have chase get shot Mm. like does it have to be tony have chase defy the orders go here anyways and then chase Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Then you have something to to continue on with the season and not just Tony has a little bandaid on his face or whatever we're going to get after this. Uh, But, but I mean, it's effective as a cliffhanger because it made me want to watch the next week, I guess.
0: Yeah. And I like, I think also the argument would be is that as we know, they don't map a whole season out. So, you know, Mm that they, they don't know what's going to happen later in the season. So maybe they've gone into this season going like, well, Hey, let's impair Tony for a while and see where this goes. And then it just, it doesn't pan out that way. So they're just kind of, it's, it's kind of like Jack's heroin use. Like again, in a few episodes time, well, we're not even going to remember this is a thing.
1: Next season, we're going to see some changes in Tony. And I almost wonder if they wanted this to be a the woman. running. Well, <laughs> but do you think that maybe they, they, they initially wanted this to be a running gag on 20 it's like c3po loses a limb or a red shirt in star trek you know tony gets a leg shot. broken he gets shot <laughs> he gets drunk or whatever is going to happen in future seasons it's always tony who falls victim to some random thing it's it's like if you've ever seen the Honest
0: trailer for Lost, how they kind of do that thing at the end where it's like, you know, a compilation of all things that happen in Lost. So they're like, friendly lock, someone runs into the jungle, like nicknames, and they get there and they go, someone punches Ben, and you just got the <laughs> compilation of people bashing up Ben. So, like, it's kind of like, well, maybe that's the thing. Maybe it's just Tony yeah. always gets injured. Like, so they do an Honest trailer for 24. Tony gets injured. Um, yeah. <laughs> which they should do an Honest trailer for 24. I think when I interviewed What's His Face, the uh, – Narrator, I think I might've mentioned that to him when it came to like TV show ones. And he said that like, yeah, they obviously take a lot more of an effort to do. And I think Mm -hmm. he mentioned that 24 is probably not one of the ones that is on the top of the radar to do, but like it could be a possibility. So if Kiefer comes um, back,
1: we know they'll do it.
0: Yeah, I've got like a 24 honest trailer would be fantastic. It's a compilation of all the... Da- seriously, some of the best compilations on the internet, uh, if, well, we've talked about it before, but seriously, look up like Jack Bauer damn it, compilation or Jack Bauer yells at people compilation. Because <laughs> out of <laughs> context, at it doesn't make <laughs> any sense. <laughs> it's like, I need to watch that again today. It's so funny. Anything to add that I haven't brought up in terms of anything in this episode?
1: I mean, I genuinely do like the drama of... The bag is loose. So the, the bag is open and out in the open, you know, and flushing everything down the toilet because the stakes we had last episode was a bomb's going to go off. And as great as it sounds on paper, once you actually try to write 24 episodes around that, I mean, it proves to be impossible. Uh, the fact that you have just this innocent object and nobody realizes the danger of it. That's what sets this season apart from season 2 and maybe even you know season 4 uh that's going to come up after this is that the the object the thing that everybody's after nobody realizes how dangerous it is they think i mean they think the danger of this is what if we get caught with this we go to jail so i keep watching this episode and i'm seeing things like the fan and of course i know what's coming but even remember watching this the first episode you're like you're seeing the fan and you're seeing this you're like oh what happens if they try to flush this thing down the toilet what happens if the bag breaks And then it all happens. And I actually think that it's some of the most suspenseful stuff we get on 24. Even if you have ridiculousness, like the, the chainsaw through the door at the same time, I love this section of the story. I love that you have the visual of guys in hazmat suits and them having to, you know, quarantine this off. The one knock against it though, is yes, we know that this isn't the virus, uh, that, uh, it it turns out it was just, I don't know, like flour or sugar or whatever they say it is. But, uh, Jack leaving the decontamination thing and you have this mini shower spraying <laughs> him from the neck down for about three seconds. Yeah, It's the fact that that is their decontamination chamber. <laughs> and I'm like, if this virus were real, this is still what you have there. This is your safety measure.
0: Considering that we're living in a pandemic and we know what it is with freaking Corona, not something that kills you in like 24 hours. The one thing too yeah. also is like, I love it when it's flushed down the toilet and CTU are all like get. Call sewage command and get them to shut down yeah. that entire area. So can we establish the fact that there's a whole area of LA who, like, their shitters have being closed down? I didn't know you could do that. I didn't know you could just shut down the sewer. Okay. But then, like, have they got a command to get it back up and running again? Like, I mean, it's like, a whole block of LA that basically what? can't do a shit or a piss because, like, their whole sewer's
1: closed down? We missed the part that there is a meteorology command within CTU, like direct extension. Get me meteorology, okay? Extension two one one. The amount of departments that exist that shouldn't exist, when there's the amount of departments that should exist that don't, it's bizarre. And it's even because like they they mentioned about ten times in this
0: episode about setting up a perimeter. Like,
1: <laughs> gonna, perimeter gonna, perimeter,
0: gonna call, up, call up those weather people. They know what they're doing. Um, <laughs> who is, but again, who's that person? Who's on meteorology line nine? Like, this is just, hello, this is Jenkins. How are we doing today? <laughs> yes. What's the wind pattern going to be like on block 7, 2A of Hollywood and Vine? Just give me one moment. We need it now, damn it! Please don't yell. Yeah, I'm busy.
1: Like, I'm in the middle <laughs> of tracking a potential thunderstorm in San Fernando, okay? Honestly, give me like, a moment.
0: I've like dealt with some meteorologists, like when I've been at some newspapers, like and you go to do a weather story, you you bring up like the meteorology department. I've done it both in Australia and New Zealand, and they're actually fascinating people to talk to. Like they actually are really interesting, because like again, they're like, oh, cool weather, and like you think like, oh, weather's boring. Like it's uh, you know, you know, this podcast is going down here when Colin and I do a weather episode, <laughs> but like it's it's like seriously, like the stuff they tell you is like really interesting, and I'm always engaged in talking to a a meteorologist so i'm on board for meteorology command at ctu
1: is there any less appreciated job in the world than meteorologists i mean i'm sure there's a couple less appreciated but but like the meteorologists they get so much criticism you know we we came out of a couple weeks ago here in winnipeg there was forecast for this massive blizzard now typically in winnipeg the snow is already melting by mid to late march it's gone by the beginning of april uh, and we had this forecasted storm like you know, mid-April that was going to be, they said, the biggest blizzard in 25 years. Now we're getting the biggest blizzard in 25 years in the middle of April, which you would immediately think, OK, shut the city down. This, the city did basically shut down. I mean, there, there were malls that were closing early. The, the garbage services suspended pickup. In the end, we got hit with I think it was like 20 to 25 centimeters of snow. I mean, basically a big winter snowfall. And people were well, those weather forecasts, those meteorologists, you know, causing panic. Like, it was still the biggest blizzard in 25 (laughs) years. They didn't lie. We didn't need to shut the city down, but don't blame the meteorologists.
0: Well, I mean, do the the jets blame the meteorologists for shutting down how to play hockey this season? So (laughs) um, maybe that's it. But it's it's... Yeah, it is interesting. And like, it's, I mean, it is kind of that cliche of like, oh, you know, your conversation is dying when you're starting to talk about the weather, but <laughs> <everyone talks laughs> about doing- the weather. <laughs> Like, there's yeah. a reason, like there's a reason why, because like weather's interesting. Because like, what do you want to do? What's the first thing you do? Like if you've been inside all day and you're going to go out, oh, what's the first thing you generally do? Is it raining? What type yeah. of clothing do I need to wear? Like, I'm right now in an Airbnb with no windows in my room. I don't know what the weather is like outside. I haven't seen I haven't seen daylight in like five weeks. Um, but like I look at my app, what's the weather today? Oh, it's a bit chilly, so I'll put on a jumper. Like it's kind of like weather controls our life more than we think so. Meteorologists, powerful people, and they're good people. So,
1: and and CTU, meteorologists. Meteor, CTU meteorologists probably don't have a lot to do most of the time unless they're talking about yeah. the nuke went off, which way are the winds blowing? <laughs> Nukes don't go off that often. So most of the Those- time- it is yeah. people like Adam who are calling. To, Listen, um, I don't have a window in my office. Can you tell yeah. me is it raining? Is it sunny?
0: <laughs> I just, I just think that nuclear response crew from last season who don't do much and the meteorology department—they've got like pretty, you know, banging Christmas parties. Yeah. Like, fuck, we've been <laughs> quiet all year, haven't we, Jenkins? Come on in, Sally. Let's do our typical meteorology nuclear response unit co-Christmas party.
1: Yeah, um, everybody at Chopper Command's like, it's always the quiet ones. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: Set up a perimeter around that for fun. (laughs) Um, I'm buying this episode. Uh, I assume just trivia and stuff like that. There's not a whole lot. Uh, There you go. Um, Like, it's it's a low buy. I've got this as the lowest buy out of all of the episodes. Um, I've actually got this just below the pilot episode of last season. Well, the premiere episode of last season, sorry. So, I have this ranked 26. But, like... I shouldn't buy this episode. I feel this is just a solid rant on any other season, but there's just something about it. There's just something about this episode that, again, I'm like, I'm hooked to it. I've, I've bought all three episodes this season, so like, again, I don't know if I'm just being defensive of this season because it's kind of like season four of Nip Tuck, where I just felt like, like, this is so much better than people give it credit for. But I don't know. There's just something about this season, Colin. I'm loving it and I'm enjoying it, and we're gonna get stuff next week as well. So, yeah, I, I'm buying it.
1: Uh, I'm buying it too. I have it uh, slightly higher than you do. I have it at 24 uh, on oh, my overall list. Very good show. Uh, so I have this. Uh, it's my second lowest buy, but it's sandwiched between episode 17 and 18 of season two. Uh, so I will. I'll defend this in saying that the as ridiculous as chainsaws and everything is the the storming of the singer's apartment, the threat of this virus getting out, and even though we know it didn't amount to anything, Tony get a shot in the face. It's a pretty solid cliffhanger if you if you want something to compel you to tune in next week. And there's no issues with Palmer's storyline. I mean, even this is the most interesting we're going to get out of Kyle Singer, uh, and I think that speaks for why this episode should be should be bought.
0: Oh, he gets locked in a tent soon. That's pretty exciting <laughs> with his girlfriend. Um, one thing I just quickly mention, and I don't know if this was the very first use of the fan phone. There is a moment in this episode when Chase is ringing up Jack and it's a real phone number, 818 749 5115 And I think I mentioned it before, but there's famously the 24th fan line that they would always, at least once a season, put a real phone number in an episode and fans started ringing it and literally it would be on set and like Carlos Bernard answered it one time. I think Marilyn have answered it one time. I don't know if Kiefer ever answered it. He's too, you know, just keeps Sutherland He's too high on heroin uh, with his somewhat famous dad. But um, like it was kind of a thing and people caught on to it a little bit. So um, I, I again, it doesn't say on the 24 Wiki if this was the first appearance of the fan phone, but um, I'm sure people gave it a try. So now, did yeah.
1: Maggie Q ever answer?
0: Probably not um next <laughs> next week, um we got a prison breakout next week basically, don't we? um so get excited for that um uh what else happens next week? um Anne and Wayne get at it. that's cool um oh, <laughs> not in that it's way Wendy
1: Cruson everybody's getting
0: that. <laughs> Wendy Cruson and DB Woodside sex tape that's one I'd watch um d b Cruson um so <laughs> that's a sex position uh, Wendy Woodside. Oh, Wendy gives me a woodside. <laughs> oh, does she ever? Uh, but yeah, next week. What? What's your? Have you? Have you watched it yet? I actually haven't. I just read the synopsis in the book. So yeah, yeah. And this
1: uh, this is the first time in quite a while that I haven't watched at least some of the following episode. Uh, so it's it's all going to be fresh ish to me because I have seen it before. But uh, Prison Break. I mean, yeah, that was an okay show, I guess.
0: Yeah, it wasn't the crossover in that wasn't um, yeah. James Bedford. Oh, no, wait. Wentworth Mill. Often confused. That's, Shaved head. Yeah,
1: that's right.
0: Yeah, exactly. Ben's going for um, that look right
1: now. He's going for yeah, the chase. Yeah, I've, I've, I'm really Wentworth- getting
0: involved in the chase love. So I've just gone, boom. Chase love. That's my stage name. Um, <laughs> <laughs> hi, I'm chase love. I'll be opening for <laughs> quest love tonight. <laughs> that's what I moonlight as on my successful podcasts. Yeah. Um, <laughs> This is just the shit one where I use my real name. Um, do all the stuff it says at the end. Like, subscribe, all that fun stuff. And remember, if you do the Patreon, you now get exclusive Patreon episodes, which we finally started doing. So um, get excited. Uh, Big Big Bang Theory. What? <laughs> <laughs> Our Big Bang
1: Theory recaps are continuing. Um,
0: <laughs> Hidden Project Colin doesn't you, know about. Bet
1: you didn't know we even started. <laughs>
0: Fuck! I'm going to start them now next week. Sheldon and Penny. <laughs> um, the Breaking Bad, often confused. Breaking Bad and Big Bang Theory, very similar shows. Uh, our Breaking Bad <laughs> recaps are continuing. Lost at the moment. Uh, it's either on a break or it's yeah. Blame Noah. Um, but that will return eventually and soon. I believe we're maybe at the time of this being released. I haven't looked at the dates yet. So uh, Jurassic World uh, Dominion is actually Come very, course. very soon. So uh, we'll be doing. At least um, uh, Fallen Kingdom will be doing a recap of that. And Colin's going to put together a best of compilation of our Jurassic Park episodes. So expect a lot of Enrique and show Enrique? some respect. Uh, I went we listened to those last year. God, the um, the Lost World episode. Hilarious. Underrated.
1: Underrated. Because we are often rated.
0: <laughs> rated R for ridiculous. Uh, but tune in for all that sort of stuff. And award winning podcasts off the podium. Listen to that's better. Uh, my name is Ben, and I want—I'm warning you. Open the bag, or I'll open it for you.
1: And my name is Colin, and I like Ben. I like Nick. I'm indifferent on
0: Thanks for downloading this episode of the Oz Network. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast by Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or by copying our RSS feed into your preferred podcast provider. And while you're there, please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback. You can also be sure to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and happenings from the show, as well as finding out how you can get involved in upcoming episodes by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram, as well as getting everything you need under one roof at the Thanks again for listening and we'll speak to you next time.